And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another edition of the We Are Mead podcast. Uh, it's a, I suppose it's a quiet pod this week, it's a quiet bunker, it's only myself and Davey Rispin and the two lads. As well. At this time of the year, lads have holidays booed, people go away and whatever and you just can't get everybody into the podcast, uh, Davey. You're making excuses for them there, Mickey. I think they struggle to make excuses for themselves enough at the time, so yeah, but yeah. whatever. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, um, Kieran Flynn uh, is away in Galway, I believe, or was away in Galway over the weekend, and um, Brian Kelly just uh, wasn't able to get back and from Mullingar in time. So uh, on this week's podcast, we have, uh, it's just a, a results-packed podcast, and we will be going to um, uh, our Instagram questions, questions from the floor. Um, that we do through our Instagram polls and uh, Davey Rispin will be doing that. But uh, I suppose, Davey, um, what we'll look at first is the under-21 results and you have them there. Um, it's been a busy weekend for under-21 football. We managed to get all the results pulled together and you have them there. We're not sure about the divisions, though. Yeah, the, there's a bit of unclarity with the divisions on um, the MeetGA website, so I'm literally just going to read the results. The first one I have is Screen and Summerhill, which was played during the week, I think Wednesday night. Screen um, 2-9, Summerhill 3-5, but I must state with this game that this is the last update with about three minutes to go, and there was no final result in that game. So Yeah, there's, there's, there is no final result. It's down as 0-0 yeah. on the um, on the MeetGA website, and, and there is a reason for that. Yeah, I believe there was a bit of an altercation towards the end of that game, and with Screen winning by a point, at, we must state 2-9 to 3-5. Um, we're not sure exactly what went on or anything, but it, it, it appears that the game was abandoned, and the referee left the field of play with a couple of minutes to go, so the result obviously wasn't settled, so we can yeah. only assume that... I don't know, disciplinary action will follow and maybe we might see a replay played in front of a huge crowd <laughs> sometime in the next couple well, of weeks. <laughs> well, look, it wasn't an altercation on the field of play with the players. We must state that as well. Apparently, it was to do with somebody on the sideline and a linesman. And the referee uh, decided that uh, he was going to call uh, a halt to the game. And I suppose when the game is so close, it's only fair that it does go to a replay or... Again, we don't know what sanctions are going to happen, but it'll all be revealed in the next couple of days. Or yeah, and I must state that you know none of um, none of our my fellow colleagues in Glenvay, Richie Carey, was was quite worried about this, and uh, I'm I'm delighted to say that Richie wasn't in the middle of it. He'd be delighted here. He's a big fan of the pod. <laughs> <laughs> delighted that none of the Glenvay lads got involved. Anyway. <laughs> in fact, nobody seems to know what happened no. apart from the people that were there and, and the boys from Glenvay weren't at it, so um, <laughs> they won't be called as witnesses. Yeah, so going on to the rest of the results then, uh, Dundry had a busy week. They were playing during the week against Retote's second team. They emerged victorious on that occasion, 12 points to 8. Um, 
then going ahead, they played again today, which will be Sunday. Um, and they were actually beaten by Drumbarra and Kilmainham. So the round towers by 2-9 to 1-8. Other results were Karen Ross. This was Friday night. Karen Ross winning 4-17 to Dalik Bellustown's 1-10. A big win for Karen Ross, I believe. Frank O'Reilly and Paddy McDermott in inspired form for the for the home side there. Um, one that we won't dwell on too much is Kilbride 4-18. Corten St. Ulton's 8 points. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't just say that that was St. Dalton's and, and just take take all of Courtown's blame. No, I think fair play to you. Yeah, no, because our lads our lads performed admirably. Difficult circumstances. Well, well, difficult circumstances is right because they would, uh, which we will be coming to later on. They've lost their talisman and Kane McBride, and uh, don't. Um, we will be coming back to that later on. Davy got an absolutely incredible interview, an exclusive interview with Kane McBride, um, and before he headed off to Australia to the AFL. Um, and the Essendon Football Club so uh, we will be putting that out this week on our Patreon podcast absolutely brilliant interview I have to say David yeah cheers Mick it was uh, it was great to get it done you know I did it literally a couple of days before he jetted off I'm delighted to say he's landed and he's actually first day of training today so he's starting early he has to do a bit of kind of pre-pre-season before say the rest of the lads start so he's getting himself ready really looking forward to it um, very much looking forward to the challenge ahead um, and, and a great chat and it wasn't all about Aussie rules you know we talked in depth about very little about Aussie yeah, rules in fairness which is great you know because his passion and you can still I, look at I know it's a no brainer for him to go over and play Aussie rules probably similar to Conor Nash in, yeah. in that sense but an opportunity he couldn't resist but he spoke so highly of um, his experience playing with Mead underage the managers he's played under club football basketball rugby he, he names it all have to say, great lad and, and a really good interview and it was a pleasure to sit down with him and do it. Yeah, he's gone over, as I said, to Essendon in the AFL. He's on a two-year rookie contract and uh, similar to what uh, Conor Nash did a couple of years ago and uh, he'll be a huge loss to Mead Football to St. Dalton's and Courtown Gales as well. He would have been playing there mm. for another year or so. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's one to watch in the future, definitely. And, and, and that interview as well, Davy on it, like he does mention that, you know, who knows what's to happen in the next, like the, the lifespan of, of, of an AFL footballer is an awful lot less than a Gaelic footballer. So he could come back within maybe 10 years and be primed and ready to play for a uh, club and county again. He did mention that, yeah, he did mention that there was certainly, the door wasn't closed in any means or whatever, you know, and uh, it, it, it would be brilliant to see himself and maybe Conor Nash coming <laughs> yeah. home at the same time or something like that would be yeah. convenient but uh, well Conor in fairness to Conor Nash he's making a name for himself out there and yeah. uh, had a great season again this year and he had a little bit of a lull he had a couple of injuries in the middle of the season but came back and he was a starter every week for uh, for the uh, for the Hawks Hawthorne and uh, hopefully um, when he's home um, I know uh, he will be home over the Christmas we might get an interview with him as well and we'll be able to compare and contrast mm. the rookie going over and the guy who's over there a you, couple you'll of years. actually hear um, the, the two lads actually crossed paths there last week at a funeral and you know Connor was home and that and uh, he, you know he in fairness to Keane says to me this was off air you won't hear but he said that you know straight away Connor went up to him shook his hand congratulated him on it and the two guys had a great chat I'd say it would have been good to kind of been looking at this kind of happening in front of you, you know, and uh, two two classes of men, and uh, look, we wish them well, obviously, and I think John Cavanagh, the county board chairman, wished them well at the last uh, county board meeting as well, yeah. which was always nice as well. Absolutely, and and, and and as you said, that part, or that interview that you got with Keane, it is not an AFL uh, or Aussie Rules football uh, uh, podcast. This is a great interview. It's all about the GA. It's all about his early life. And uh, don't miss it. It's going to be on our Patreon podcast. It's Patreon forward slash We Are Mead. 
and uh, uh, sign up for that and you'll get that amazing interview and it's a fully exclusive interview because he did none yeah. with anybody else so we're delighted to say that we'll go back to the under 21 results yeah we're still going uh, so you, you said you didn't want to dwell on this redundant <laughs> scout Gail's game yeah I didn't and you, you of course made it a big deal <laughs> but no we're moving on swiftly from that uh, Gail Columkill 310 Bechtel Tunsaini 215 so a brilliant win for Bechtel Tunsaini there with Niall Flynn at the helm uh, superb win for them lads the amalgamation there so they, they go on to the semi-finals of that competition. St. Pat's, 11 points. St. Mary's Slane, another amalgamation, 2-11. So a six-point win there for St. Mary's and Slane. And the last one I have in my books is Longwood 3-6, Inigales, 17 points. Brilliant so two-point win for Inigales. What we'll do is next week on the podcast, hopefully we'll have uh, the fixtures of the semi-finals or quarter-finals, whatever stage uh, those under-21 competitions are at. Um, it's the business end of the season and I'm sure that they'll want to be getting those finals played very soon so we'll move on now we have a few more results to run through on the We Are Mead podcast uh, the Hurling League Division 1 final took place today and uh, Kildalki and Kildale again the two that faced off in the Senior Championship final uh, facing off against each other in the Division 1 final and uh, I suppose Kildale got a little bit of revenge um, I suppose it's not going to make up for losing the, the six in a row but it's it's a little bit of tonic, I suppose, just to help them along after after losing the, the championship final. They won that in two eighteen. Scoreline of two eighteen to Kildalki's one sixteen. And in fairness, Davy, like from looking at uh we followed this one on Twitter and, and mm. whatever, Kiltail were leading from start to finish and and, and Julie uh, are, are really deserved their win. Yeah, it was a pillar to post job and credit to Kildalki, you know, they came back extremely strong. There yeah. was a huge gap in it at, at half time, I think, and they came back really strong in the second half. And it probably is something to do with Kiltail being done for a long time now and maybe ran out of steam, probably didn't have the fitness that maybe Kildalki are probably carrying from that championship win and they only played Leinster recently enough as well. But I think it's been well documented that a few of the Kildalki lads have been away. Yeah well-deserved holidays and everything like that you, you have to you have to get away at some stage and if you don't go now you probably don't get away for the rest of the year so again it probably brings up the whole argument of why are we playing a league final at the start of November and, and there is credentials definitely for it but uh, look at yeah, you mentioned a great win for Kiltail and fair play to them for knuckling down and getting some silver on the board and as you mentioned people away on holidays we will be uh, coming back to that issue again uh, in the Leinster Senior Club Championship as well um, which we will uh, be coming back to in a few minutes time in the ladies all Ireland junior club championship semi-final it was Navin O'Matney's taking on Dunamore of Cork and a uh, heartache here for, for, for Navin O'Matney's ladies uh, scoreline of 3-12 to Dunamore Cork's 3-13 a one point loss they were down by six points at half time at one stage or sorry at two stages during the first half this Navin O'Matney's ladies team were down by nine points and you know, to come back from such such a a, a big a gap between the teams and to just lose it by one point, Davy, it's uh, it's heartbreak for them. It's, it's devastation. It really is, and uh, you know, especially making such a long journey down to Cork as well. Yeah. It, it's it's difficult on a Sunday to come back up the road. It's it's heartbreaking to be honest with you. They've given a great account of themselves. You know, they've been playing week after week. They haven't had the luxury of having two week breaks. They've they've been playing pretty much every Sunday for the last few weeks, and. Um, you know, full credit to them. They've had a great run. It's just a pity that it's ended the way it has done. But you said it, you know, they showed incredible spirit and character coming back today. It just wasn't enough. Yeah, slow start for, for the girls. They they were trailing by three goals and two points to two points after, I think it was about eight minutes uh, on, the, on, on, on the clock. Uh, with 
two, the, the Dunamore team got two very, very early goals, one in the second minute and one in the fourth minute. And that, that was the cushion that they used going into half time. And uh, credit to these uh, Navin and these girls, they, they really uh, came back at them. I suppose they, they, they were always going to probably be rusty after going down the whole way to Cork. The first 10 minutes is where mm. I, I suppose they lost this game. But they did, like, they did chip in with seven different scorers on the team, which is absolutely brilliant from a ladies' team. You know, the whole full forward line scored and two of the half forward line scored. One of the midfielders and one of the half back scored. So, Cueva uh, Clinch got a point. Um, McDermott in the middle of the field got a point. Avian Cleary got three. Orla um, Malling got one goal and three. She was the highest scorer on the day for Navin O'Matneys. Alva Lee got two points early on. I think it was two of the first three points. Jacinta Maher got a goal, uh, the full forward, and Megan Collins got a goal and two. And uh, I was following that one on Twitter earlier on today, and it looked like they were going to come back. Very disappointing for the Navin O'Matneys ladies, but they're, they've given a great account of themselves this year, winning the Leinster Championship and they are going to be primed and ready for intermediate football next year. Yeah, they'll be a very dangerous team in intermediate football next year. I think they're a young and up-and-coming team, plenty plenty of youth coming through, which is great to see in the town team. And it's probably something they've, you know, no offence to them, they've probably lived in Simon South Shadow for the last couple of years. It's great that they have enjoyed some success of their own now. And, you know, who knows that in two or three years' time, I have no doubt that they'll be a senior club and they'll be up there challenging Simon Sound for senior honours. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and hopefully it's now it's Simon Sungales who, who come away with those victories <laughs> in those finals. Uh, I'm just showing my colours now. But honestly, uh, really delighted for the Navin O'Matney's girls and getting such a great run this year. Total devastation for them, uh, losing uh, by a point today in such uh, hard circumstances. It was uh, it was one that they'll feel they left behind in the cup opening 10 minutes. But well done. We're all very proud of the Navin O'Matney's junior ladies team on getting so far this year. We're going to move on now to uh, the men's. And on Saturday, Clan McGill or at the boy, um, Rathcarn, as uh, some people like to call them. Uh, they got a victory in the Leinster Junior Championship. They were playing in St. Lomans and Mullingar against Ballinacarrigy, and they won this on a scoreline of three goals and eight to Ballinacarrigy's one goal and nine. And David Rispin, the Clan McGill bus, is just driving on. The train is mm-hmm. just keeping going. And, you know, it's it's remarkable the year they're having. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. It really is. And, uh, you know, full credit to them. I mean, getting a big result their way. The, the importance of playing games at home in Leinster is, is extremely valuable and oh, it, as we've seen in other results this week which will come to in due course home advantage counts for a lot particularly in tight games and this was a tricky tricky enough one for Clannagale going to St Lomans in, in Mullingar to, to play Balnacarigi but uh, full credit to them emerging with the victory I think good value for a two they, they were still missing them trio of lads that they yeah. missed in the county final in McPriest John Farrell and Dermot O'Donica but the three lads who filled in for them for the final all took their place again in this game and um did extremely well. I suggested last week that the week would actually do them good. It's strange that you say a week because generally teams need two weeks, but for Clannagale, a week must feel like, you know, a holiday or, Absolutely. or, or a mini hiatus at this stage. So um, <laughs> you know, great great result for them. Uh, they go forward now to 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 play the Kildare team who you're gonna mention now in a couple of minutes. Um and a home game as well, which is great because you know, I think it's very important, as I just said, that you get home games and hopefully in Navan, I presume, we'll, we'll get a big crowd in there to support them and uh, hopefully they can make it a Leinster final again, which would be great to see. 
Yeah, as you said, they now face off against uh, Ballymore Eustace, the Kildare champions. That's in the semi-final of the Leinster Junior Club Championship. That's in two weeks' time in Park Talchin. What are they going to do with two weeks off now? That's just mad. Uh, two weeks off for this Clonagall team and uh, under twenty-one. Yeah, true, exactly. And uh, they'll be out on Sunday, the twenty-fourth of November. We presume it could be on Saturday, the twenty-third. We don't have a um, a fixture for that yet, and we presume as well that it'll be Park Talchin because. At this stage, Park Tolchin is going to have no other use on mm. only the under-21 championship. Um, interestingly, you said it about home advantage. All four of the meet teams that were mentioned, the ladies, junior, uh, Navin O'Matney's, Clonmagale, Nobber and Rathoth all played away from home. Mm. And we only got one victory and it was Clonmagale. And they were, they were all tight games you know, you know, yeah. at certain stages, which is uh, interesting. Well, Clonagale would be on 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 the Westmead border, border yeah. so it probably was a little bit of a home game. Yeah. It could they, they probably travelled further to play a junior league games than yeah, absolutely uh, than, yeah. than to Mullingar. Yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't too bad for them, and we're delighted for them that they got their victory and uh, they will uh, face off against Ballymore Eustace, as we said. Then on Saturday in Bolton Glass in the intermediate uh, um, club championship, it was Nobber taking on Dunlavin of uh, of Wicklow. And uh, halftime score on this one was seven points apiece. After 14 minutes, Nobber were leading by five points to one. But in the end, Dunlavin reeled them in and uh, beat them by six points. It was 2.15 to Dunlavin, one goal and 12 to Nobber. But again, really good showing by Nobber. And, and maybe just, uh, I don't know, maybe the, the, the fitness or something maybe got to them in the end. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a funny one I know they were hot favourites to win this game I really I, yeah I, but I never would have considered them hot favourites myself yeah to be to be honest and that's not a a, a, a slight on them, them. Yeah. It, it really isn't but I just felt that for Nobber winning the championship was probably everything to them mm-hmm. you know it really was and now they did have two weeks to prepare and everything but it's you can nearly understand them not being fully focused for this game compared to how ultra focused they were for the county final and I know that might sound a bit odd but Realistically, I know that that probably was a factor in it. Um, got off to a great start. Got off to a great start. I think led by five points to one, but yeah. probably never kicked on. And uh, we all know that whether it's in Ockram or Baltinglass and wherever it is, it's it's a tough place to go and get a result. Wicklow Baltinglass is is an extremely cold, wet, miserable place at the best of times. <laughs> I have no doubt that even during, but that's at the height of summer. Yeah, yeah, in, in July. <laughs> but uh, I have no doubt that it was like that on Saturday and. No doubt there was a gust or a breeze blowing, but there was a lot of changes in personnel to the county final team as well. I think they, they had three or four different players. Dale Larkin came into the team. Stephen O'Brien came into the team. Um, some other changes. Now, they did retain the three-man the three man full forward line, which has been so good for them. And by all accounts, I think they performed extremely well in, in Jordy Morris, Sean Mead and Brian Farrell. Yeah, well, like they, they, they accounted for one twelve between the, full, the three of them. And, yeah. and maybe that was what let them down, is that the fact that they were dependent on the three lads so much. Like Brian got one five, and and Jordy and and Sean Mead shared one uh, sh- shared seven points between mm-hmm. them. I think it was four and three, uh, respectively. So, you know, maybe may- maybe that's another factor is that they, if you can't get them all up to those lads, you know your half forward and, and, and midfield need to be chipping in with a few points. Well, that's and, it. And, and, you, you always need. And you mentioned it with Navin and Mahnies. I know they didn't get the result, but they had seven different scores. Yeah, and they had a spread from their full forward line, half forward line, midfield, half back backs. Backs. Four different lines. Yeah. Now our scores all come from the full forward line, and I won't say that's easy to play against because these lads are absolute quality footballers. But you certainly need at least a couple of points from your half forward line and midfield. And to be honest, to for them, in in recent games they have chipped in with scores. 
and you know probably just didn't for whatever reason um and and the home side probably roared on by a you know a vocal home support and everything like that they, they just kicked on and won the game comfortably enough yeah it's it's uh, disappointing for Nobber and um, as you said maybe at the start of the year they wouldn't have been looking at uh, Leinster but uh, it is Dunlavin the Wicklow champions that um, march on in the intermediate then on Sunday in the senior uh, club Leinster Senior Club Championship. It was Rotholt, the Mead champions, taking on Gary Castle, the West Mead champions. And um, it ended up a, a, a victory for Gary Castle here by two points. And again, maybe this is one that Rotholt will feel that uh, got away from them. It was one nine to five points at halftime in favour of Gary Castle. There was seven points in it. But to their credit, Rotholt rallied and came back and uh, just didn't have enough to get over the line. Yeah, I always felt that they, you know, they would finish extremely strong, but I, I didn't envisage at halftime that they could get back into this game the way the first half had panned out. Whatever it was, maybe a little bit of a hangover from the county final. I'm not sure they were very slow to get going. And in fairness, Gary Castle were bang at it from from the word go and and that, and they got some early scores aided by that goal, a bit of a defensive lap or lapse or whatever. But after halftime, you're right, they they rallied admirably got a couple of goals, got back in the contest, but then Gary Castle would strike for a goal themselves and just break that chain of momentum. Yeah. And ultimately, Retoke just ran out of time. Unfortunately, you know, there was five minutes added. I, I suggest if they had another three or four minutes, they probably would have at least got a draw, if not won the game. Right. Disappointing, um, considering I, I felt this was a winnable game. I still walked away from the game this evening and thought, Jesus, lads, you know, that's one we're after leaving behind us, you know, and I'm sure they'll feel the same. Gary Castle, I don't think are any world beaters, but one thing they have is experience in Leinster and it counted for a lot today, especially with the with the home advantage. That's the whole thing about Leinster um, Club Championship. It, it's it's a completely different animal. It's not county football, mm. but it's not club football. It's, no. it, 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 it's, it's just... It's somewhere in between. It's somewhere... Yeah, well, yeah, and, and I don't even know how to explain it, but it, if you don't have experience of it, yeah. you, you don't know what you're getting into. Same happened to Simon still in 2016 against Road. You know, it was only in the second half that we realised what way to be playing yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah. The, you know, the, the, the teams that are regularly playing in it are, you know, a little bit cleverer, know how to tackle um, tackle the man and the ball at the same time. That happened to us against Road. Um, and referees seem to referee club, uh, all Ireland oh, club yeah. championship a little bit different. Very much so. You I know, mean, I, I, I probably am biased, there's no doubt, but I thought some of the calls that went against were told. Um, this evening were, were shocking to be honest with you at times and they weren't you know they weren't major calls they weren't oh th- that was a wide or that was a point or that was a penalty or anything but there was an accumulation of little fouls that should have been given as fouls or, and they weren't and when you add them up over the piece oh absolutely especially when there's only two points in it yeah they don't even themselves out a lot of they don't you know? I know you say oh they always do but you mentioned it when you go into Leinster you're you're playing against a different team you're playing in a different venue playing a different style of football and you're playing with different referees yeah at least in Mead or it whatever knows. county you are you know that referee you know what he's like you know not, what not to do what to do what works for him, what doesn't, when you go into Leinster, it's complete unknown. Yeah, and it is, especially as well if you're you're going in there for the first time. Yeah. I know Rathod have been there uh, playing intermediate and junior, but senior is just a different animal. And uh, you caught up with Davy Byrne after the game, and we'll uh, be playing that interview in our review of the um, Leinster Club Championship on our Patreon service if you want to head on over for the Loyal Royals podcast on Patreon forward slash We Are Mead. And again, you'll get that Keen McBride exclusive interview that Davey got um, before he headed off. 35 minutes of 
absolute gold uh, a great great interview and don't forget to head on over there hard luck for a cult and really 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 disappointed for them and again without going into too much detail they were missing three or four players and one of the big ones was Brian McMahon we spoke about it earlier on he was on hold uh, about uh, the, the which player was it that was in holidays Brian McMahon no earlier on we, we, we said about uh, oh yeah there was somebody was on holidays earlier on you were saying um, was it from the Clonagale team uh, oh no it was the Kildalki team the Hurling yeah, team yeah Paddy Keneally was Paddy Keneally was away in Holders man of the match in the exactly the so episode. and you know Brian McMahon who was absolutely incredible in the in the um, uh, the Keaton Cup final the Mead Senior Championship final and um, he was away in holidays and, and again maybe you know he wasn't thinking it was a family holiday and he wasn't thinking you know of Leinster Championship earlier on in the year mm. when this was booked and he could have been the difference for them today. Well, yeah, he, he 100%, I think, would have been. Um, but as Davey said in the interview, which you'll hear, you can't begrudge him in that. He's given a superb year for Clubbank County. Yeah. Um, deserved his break with his family. And it wasn't as if he was going over across the water to London. He was in Japan. So it's not a, as easy as saying, oh, I'll change the flight or I'll cancel this flight and get another one. It's just, it, yeah, well, it's different. Retoto plenty of money. They could have said, look, <laughs> we'll send you over. You yeah. can follow the family over on Sunday evening. Ah, look. But, but yeah. it was, sorry, it wasn't just, and I must stress, it wasn't just him, you know, Ben McGowan, Jack Gillespie, Dahi McGowan, only fit for a place in the bench. There was a lot of variation between the two teams, between the county final, final and today. today yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll go into serious depth on that on our um, Patreon podcast. But uh, as we said, hard luck to Rathod. It'll be one that they'll feel they left behind. Um, that's all the results we have for you today. But what we'll do is just a quick segment um, that we're going to do is it's that time of the year again, Davy, where uh, the manager merry-go-round has started. And there's a few clubs that have part of company with managers, a few Clubs have already brought in managers and, you know, it's it's going to be an interesting next, we'll say, oh, two months anyway, because teams are going to be looking for managers all over the place. Yeah, there is. And there's a lot of speculation with different managers as well. You know, Benny Reddy, who was a selector with Kells this year with Lauer Wall, of course, has gone to Karen Ross to manage Karen Ross, right. which is an interesting one from two aspects, I suppose. One, going to Karen Ross, it's an interesting one. Tom Shine has stepped away after a couple of years there. He's a man that will no doubt be available. Um. He's, he's left, so that kind of leaves a void in the Kells backroom team as well. There's a lot of questions about Lara Wall at the minute. Will he stay? Will he go? I don't think anything has been set in stone yet. He's right. done five or six years. A lot of people are feeling that perhaps he might, it might be the right time to step away. Who knows? The next couple of weeks are definitely going to be interesting there. Joe Trainer stepped away from Watertown, another one. And I remember only saying here a couple of weeks ago yeah. uh, that they need stability. They had a good year this year. It'll, they were missing five starters. Like, yeah, you know, and and they had a superb year. And I was saying there's been so much chopping and changing with managers in in recent years. Joe seems to be doing a fantastic job with. Is them. Martin O'Connell staying? I I don't know, but then there's the under twenties job. I think is up for grabs too. Joe, of course, managed the minors, the minors last year. Yeah. Is there going to be something there with the <laughs> under twenties? You have all these subplots going on. We are starting rumors <laughs> here. It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Riley, you know, departing Avon O'Malley's. Yeah. Big big job in the town up for grabs as well. Um, where and he'll be well sought after as well yeah Davy Cahill um, the Bechtel man has left some paths after them getting relegated to intermediate Wolf Tones Wolf Tones there yeah you, you can talk about that one well you, I'll let you and then I'll come back in <laughs> yeah, Wolf well, Tones have, have filled the void yeah a Cavan man no doubt and I think he was uh, a championship winner with Rammer, Rammer yeah yeah in uh, 
what year did Rammer win it? I think it was uh, three years ago Rammer won it and uh, uh, Michael McDermott. Yeah, so that's an interesting one. And I'm not it, Michael McDermott, I'm not sure. I don't think he's a, a, a Cavan native. I think he's from either Clare or Limerick. Now, I'll, uh, I can be corrected on that, but I think he is. Fantastic manager, mm. great guy. Um, and he that will be an interesting one with Wolf Tones. Yeah, and then, of course, as a result of him taking over Wolf Tones, the man has left Wolf Tones, and that's Tony Carney. <laughs> Going who's, to Minaldi. He's gone to Min- Minaldi. <laughs> oh, Minaldi, yeah. And his son Cormac is playing for Minaldi. <laughs> so I don't know what's going to happen there. There could be all sorts there. So it's mad. Sidden, that's a job up for grabs. Uh, I believe Davy Cahill, who left some passes in the running for that. If not, he's got it. Uh, another one was Castleton. Rusty Tiernan is staying with Castleton, so there was a lot of talk with the Wolf Tones job up for grabs with Rusty, Rusty team for his home goal, club. Yeah. But uh, as is with the with Rusty, he tends to try and do a couple of years with every club he goes to, which is you know proven, and he, he's staying with them. So um, look, at there's there's so much more that we probably haven't even. Uh, yeah, gone into now at the minute so if you've heard of any yeah. let us know we'll bring them up on the podcast next week it makes for great uh, chat around the bar yeah. and whatever over Christmas did you hear this fella's gone to that fella or to that club and that yeah. fella's going I heard that fella's not going to uh, stay too long and fellas are going to be chopped and changed <laughs> it's going to be a great Christmas um, it's great we can mention Christmas now Halloween's over yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's fantastic. great I'm going to put up the Christmas tree here <laughs> next week and it, the, the, the bunker is going to be stuffed next week when, the, when I put up the Christmas decorations yeah there'll be still no room for the two lads <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's the manager merry-go-round it's going to be you know it's going to be going around for the next two months until early January I'd say um, and uh, probably even later depending on what way the the, the, the year I suppose the, the way the, the structure of next year is going to go with all the restructuring of the championship and everything so we might have a later start um, so it might give clubs a, a little bit longer to make their decision on managers but what we're going to do now is uh, we decided to do a little bit of a um, question and answers uh, questions from the floor on our Instagram account and Davey Rispin you managed to pull out uh, the best five questions that we had yeah so thanks to everyone who's got involved you know Absolutely. and there's uh, 100% no problem tweeting us or sending us Facebook messages or whatever you want to do but this is just something that we've decided to do in recent weeks on Instagram so thanks to the lads for getting in touch so the first one was from Shane Lynch um, and Shane was wondering about the new retro me jersey yeah um, made, I haven't seen it um, is this the one that came out last year that was a hoax or is this <sighs> no I think this is more of a oh, that, this that was an away one wasn't it oh, yeah, well, a, quite a rumoured yeah which would have been lovely I see, yeah, see a picture class. of that I might have caught a glimpse of this one in passing just uh, now don't ask me to leak any whatsapps because I don't have them is this a Mickey Burke one it no? it would be similar to a Mickey Burke one because I think you have the squares, so it's like the yes, old square. Yes, the Mick that always reminds me of Mick Lines. Yeah, so, so there's just, there's a little bit of work to be done to it. I think there, there, there's a few changes, but I think um, it, it might be in the stocking for Christmas, hopefully. Oh, um, excellent. And, so hopefully and is, this, is this going to be an official Meet GAA jersey? Oh, or yeah, yeah. No, I think so. Yeah. for next year. Yeah, this will be our 2020 jersey to play in Division class, 1 of the league. Class, and yeah. it's probably something like that to... We're back in Division 1 of the league. We've been a long time away. Why not throw it back to when we were in it last nearly? And, and, and an old school Scare jersey. the crap out of the rest <laughs> yeah. of the teams. Because that, that jersey used to strike fear yeah. into the uh, anybody that saw it. So, uh, good question, Shane. And uh, I hope I get one of them in my Christmas stocking. Absolutely. And uh, Dylan Hebe's the next one. Good believer man, Dylan. Um, should the under-21 championship be restructured? Well, look, I think... And, and that's obviously club championship. Yeah, club. it's club yeah. championship. Like, uh, like, I believe that the the, the um, under-21 championship is 
probably the most exciting championship and it should be played in, in fine weather. I've always said that. Um, you know, it's it's thrown in at the end of the year kind of as a, you know, you know, big part. There you mm. go, look, get that over and done with. When you want to see all these footballers playing on the best pitches in the best conditions. Um, and plus, they are your next generation of footballers joining the Mead team and joining your senior club team yeah. and the whole lot. So for me, I... I'd like to see it played earlier in the year. I don't know what your thoughts are. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I think just a simple example is we played Kilbride today, but we were scheduled to play them last Friday night, not Friday gone, Friday week, say, yeah. past. And it was in court and the game was called off at 5 to 8. The game was scheduled to throw in at 8. Dreadful night, heavy rain, pitch wasn't playable, but referee... Well, it rarely is, anyway, caught it. Less of that now. <laughs> Careful now. <laughs> Tell with that sort of thing. But, but referee turned up you know, five, ten minutes before the game was meant to throw in, teams ready to go, togged out, jerseys on, and game was abandoned or called off. Kilbride had to get into their cars and, and drive 45, 50 minutes home, then to come back down this morning to play another game. And I, I agree with you in the sense that if it was during the summer, that's not an issue. If it's if it's scheduled to be playing on Sunday morning or Friday night, no lights, you don't even need lights, uh, and there's plenty of opportunity for it. If Dylan's talking about it from a maybe an under-20s point of view, I'm not sure. I, I know that would align okay, with the county. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know exactly where he's getting at with, with the question, but if, if that was to align with, say, the county's under-20 competition, possibly that's good because everyone that's playing club is eligible for under-20s, whereas if you have a fantastic 21-year-old footballer, he's too old to play yeah. under-20s with the county, maybe. I'm not so sure, but I know from our side some of our best footballers naturally enough are 21 year olds yeah that's just the way it is um so yeah there's there's a lot of scope feel free for any of the listeners to get in touch with their opinions on it you know because it's quite a complex topic it is and, and 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 look it's all opinions based you know everybody's going to look at it in a different way themselves and i suppose uh, i i saw um a couple of ideas on this before and one of the my favorite ones was to do it kind of like the Sigerson cup uh, have it over a couple of weekends you know um and and have it during the summer don't have it running long mm. maybe play it over the course of two weeks and you play on a saturday midweek you play saturday midweek and then the final is the following weekend and all of the under 21 championship finals are played on the same weekend uh in the same venue so like you could have two finals on the saturday and two finals on the sunday and I, you know what i mean like that that'd be brilliant because you don't want to be sl- flogging them at this end of the year but yeah. look uh, great question anyway Dylan. next one is from keen o'dwyer i believe a dumboyan man sharing the question about his fellow club mate uh, Keen Flynn, who's the Dumboyan keeper. Yeah. Uh, Keen Flynn turning down Mead to go to Donegal, Boston. So I, I'm is not he, sure. Yeah. Is he going to Donegal and then Boston? Uh, <laughs> is that what it is? I know. Look, um, sure. look. I think Keen Flynn is a fantastic goalkeeper, and if he is gone to uh, Donegal, Boston, you know he's at he's at that age where lads do that. But like, we can't comment. We don't know what the story is there. Would love to see him in a in a Mead jersey though. Next one is from Neil McCann, I think it is. And he wants to know our thoughts on the Tier 2 Championship. Yeah, now, this is... Look, I've been, I'd actually put it into three tiers myself. So I would. I really would. Um, I Look, there's, there's, there's arguments for and against it. But, you know, people always like to bring out the romance of, you know, uh, Carlo beating Kildare and, and, and big, big shocks that happen. There's one maybe every year at the most, mm. I feel. I don't think that 
that's fair on county footballers who are training six nights a week from we'll say November okay and they're probably not supposed to be training in November but they are we know they are mm. six nights a week from November right through until they're knocked out of the championship in May or June you know um, depending on how far they go in the qualifiers I think uh, the club structure is perfect you know you, you play at a level that you, you are able to play at and you progress by winning each level and then you know where you are when you go into you see you win junior B you go into junior A you know where you are and then eventually you get up to junior to the junior final you win it and you go into intermediate you're not just going to waltz through it you have to learn how to and I think that that's the fairest way um, now I don't want them to see I don't want to see them doing a tier 2 and then just forgetting about those teams down there yeah, um, like in a, because that's I suppose that's the counter argument because inevitably enough you're going to have teams who are cast adrift at the bottom of tier two as well. Yeah, um, I'm a little bit more of a traditionalist when it comes to this, and I I fully get where you're coming from. But then I look at the arguments from teams who would directly be involved in this. Carlo are one that have, are so against the Turlock O'Brien with Carlo mm-hmm. and his players would be extremely against the Tier 2 Championship and they want to be playing in the All-Ireland. Right, we, we all know Carlo are never going to win in All-Ireland, but I suppose it's the thought, or it's not the thought, but at least are in the Championship. And, <laughs> and like I suppose we can't speak for them because, thankfully, we're, we'd be a Tier 1 county as it is, and that's brilliant, you know, because yeah. in previous years we might have been. Yeah, <laughs> and then I suppose another thing is you have clubs, or clubs, you have counties like Cork, who were in the Super 8s this year, but yet are in Division 3. Mm-hmm. This Tier 2 is going to be structured on your league. Yes. Standing, so. But, but the, also, the way that they've structured the Tier 2 is that you do play in the All-Ireland Championship. It's mm-hmm. when you go out of the All-Ireland Championship. If you lose, you go into the Tier 2. Yeah, but if you don't get to your provincial... Let's say you're a Division 3 or 4 team, and you don't get to your provincial final, then you go into the Tier 2 Championship. Yes. So if Cork may carry in the semi-final of the Munster... Mm-hmm. They and they lose. Yeah, they go into tier they two. Go into tier two. Yeah, I'm just not sure about that because I think, I think we'd be given out if Meath were a Division Three team and we met Dublin in the Leinster semi final and inevitably they kicked the living daylights out of us and we had to go back to a tier two. I wouldn't be pleased with it. And then you see someone like, I don't mean to be belittling them, but Offaly or Carlo or Wicklow getting the nice side of the draw and ended up getting to a Leinster final. And then suddenly a Division 4 team is playing Division 1, playing Tier 1. Yeah. Do you know, that doesn't seem right to me either because they're going to get absolutely trounced in Division 1, or in Tier 1 rather, but yet they've got a nice passage to it. Well, I don't think that they've they've uh, they've uh, done exactly what they want to do with the whole tiering mm. system. I think this tiering system is just start a <laughs> of a, exactly of a whole restructuring where you'll see four championships or three championships and it'll be determined by your league standings and you won't be in the All-Ireland proper but you'll be in All-Ireland 3 or you'll be in All-Ireland 2 or All-Ireland 1 or the All-Ireland proper. So, look, I, I, I feel that, you know, I I remember the heartbreak of losing in the first round of the qualifiers after losing the first round of the championship and the heartbreak the, and you knowing that you've put in as much effort as anybody else but your summer is over and it's over and early June or, you know, or, or at the end of May for, yeah. for sometimes like, and I just don't think, I personally think that it'd be fairer for, for, for all, to give all these teams a chance to progress. Everybody says that, you know, you're creating elitism, but, but, but would it, would it end up like, 
And again, I'm not trying to belittle the hurling or whatever, but you, you know the way it is now with Christy Ring, Joe McDonough, and eventually Leinster or whatever, you play Munster. There's very little, if not any, coverage about the Christy Ring, right? Mead won it this year. There was nothing in the national press about it. Suddenly, you, you make it three tiers, for example, and the third tier gets completely forgotten about by by the likes of your RT, your Sky Sports, to give it little or no coverage. Sunday game, another one. You know, they get very little airtime on a Sunday night. I think if this if this is to be done, if the tier two or tier three or whatever tier it is needs to be done, you need to give the third tier as much time as the second or first tier. Otherwise, what's the point? You're just going to get forgotten about. And Well, th- th- that is the thing that a lot of people are saying and that is the fear. But I do, like they have said... The, all that's coming out of the GA is that they will be getting as much coverage. Look, at the end of the day, League 3 and League 4 don't mm. get any coverage uh, from one end of the year to the other. League 2 gets a little bit yeah. uh, in the in, in the, in the um, Allianz Football but, League. But that's probably why when they sorry when they feel that they go into Championship and they have a bit of a run, and you said that one or two teams do have it every year, that's when they get their moment in the sun. Like Remember Carlo there two years ago? Yeah. They wouldn't League have gotten, gotten a mention nearly in the league. Yeah, they go into Leinster beat Kildare, they go into the qualifiers, have a brilliant run, I think it got them to the fourth round of the qualifiers, and suddenly they're they're all over the back pages and front pages and whatever, and look at look at Carlo and all this. I just I just loved mm. the day when footballers were out to play football and weren't looking for the stardom. That's what I say. Um look a bigger, <laughs> you love it, Brennan. I, you suppose, love it. <laughs> I suppose a bigger problem in the GEA is the funding and, and that's maybe if if all that funding is 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 is, is centralized and, and then evenly dispersed yeah you, and and you do a tiered system and all the expenses and everything the players get is evened out throughout the country well then you might see uh players saying yeah i don't mind the tiered system I, mm. and i can progress and we can get the best of facilities and the whole lot and then you see teams making it making their way up through the ranks but uh, yeah great question and very controversial as well <laughs> any more from Instagram no that's all we have we have one from Tom O'Connor who um, is looking to see do we have any information on additions to the Mead panel for 2020 we're going to do our homework on that over the next couple of weeks and uh, we are going to get the full list and we're going to come back in and uh, do a Patreon podcast on that and see what our thoughts are on the new inclusions to the Mead panel and uh, if there's anybody that's been left out or anybody that's been missed. Um, I'm sure Tom O'Connor will be able to fill us in if we've missed anybody. Um, But uh, yeah, Tom, uh, great question as well. And that is something that we will be looking at over the next few weeks in the lead up, of course, to the Auburn Cup, which will be kicking off soon enough as Davy Rissman plays with one of my seven-year-old twins toys here. It's a great game. It's one of these, you know when you used to blow the bubbles up, it was like a little phone-shaped thing and you have the use where you have to get the little eight or nine balls in and you, you press the button to get, give it plenty of air and I'm just it's very frustrating because there's one or two left I get the <laughs> you're trying to get the balls in is that what you're saying <laughs> we're going to have to take a photo of this and put it up on Instagram so people understand what was going on uh, there um, and your dirty minds there uh, everybody can just turn them off anything else uh, for the podcast today Davey have you, is, there, is there a draw or something going no, on yeah the house draw yeah of course um, the 28th of December I should just record this and press a button every, <laughs> yeah. every week. But no, uh, last draw, it's only, what, six, seven weeks away now. So Great stock, Philip. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, look, at uh, speaking to a few in, in me, and they want to give this as big a push as they really can in the, the last few weeks. This is the last really hurrah as regards fundraising. And I know it's 
we've been we've been kind of harping on about for the last year pretty much at this stage but um it would be brilliant to raise a few quid you know for the last drawn it's it's all going towards the redevelopment of park talton it's our last house in glen bay as well we're going to be giving away um in cush glossing in johnstown fantastic three bed semi house for two hundred seventy five thousand. uh it'd be a lovely present for somebody just on the on on the 28th of december before the new year it'd be a great start to the new uh-huh. year wouldn't it it'd be absolutely right. brilliant and as we said um, Miss Delaney uh, what's her first name again Maraid Maraid Mc Delaney in uh, um, Dunshock and get up to her house as we said there's probably a path worn to it now having sold the first two winners of uh, those um, houses so um, I'm just before we finish up I just I do want to make people aware of something now uh, people might think this is the Cavan influence but there's a, a challenge match for Lane Tate uh, a girl from Monaghan and it's taking place in St. Tiernox Park in Clonus on Sunday the 1st of December um, and uh, the throw-in is 2pm. It's going to be Monaghan playing Cavan, but uh, this girl has uh, been through a lot in the last uh, couple of years, and uh, it's great to see two county teams um, getting behind um, a challenge match like this to raise money. Uh, tickets are €10. Euro. I, I know probably people in me don't have any interest in that, but there might be a few people up around North Mead, around that Monaghan-Cavan border, uh, that might want to head up to Clonus to see Monaghan taking on Cavan. It's in Tierlux Park, as I said, uh, in Clonus on Sunday the 1st of December, 2pm uh, throw-in. It's just a challenge match, as I said, but it's uh, for a great cause for to raise um, some well-needed uh, money for Elaine Tate um, up there in Monaghan. So um, that's all from... Uh, for, for that's all I want to say about that. Um, nothing else for the podcast. Davy Rispin is now recording me uh, for his Instagram. And uh, uh, look, hopefully uh, next week on the podcast, we'll have all the lads back uh, in situ. And we want to wish Conor Gael the very best uh, moving forward in uh, Leinster. Unfortunately, the Navinomatnys ladies lost in, in the um, All-Ireland semi-final against Dunamore of uh, Cork by a single point. Um, it was uh, Nobber lost by six points to Dunlavin in the Leinster Intermediate Club Championship and then Rathold coming up two points short against Gary Castle today down in um, in, in, in Westmead and, uh, very unfortunate there for uh, Rathold put in a great effort and uh, we are very proud of them and they'll be delighted with their year so we are Mead why matters more